Being a Better Man, Episode 2. You have just entered a world governed by personal accountability where being a man is not an excuse for bad behavior, where complaints are not allowed, whining is forbidden, and excuses do not exist. Join us as we focus on the actual character of men rather than merely the trappings of manhood, where we discuss getting the best out of yourself instead of trying to get the better of someone else. We have one singular mission, being a better man today than we were yesterday. Now prepare to have your thoughts provoked, your ego challenged, and your character tested. It's time for being a better man. Here's your host and fellow man in the trenches, Alf Herigstad. I am interrupting this episode to insert an added announcement. Content from the Wednesday edition of this podcast has now been compiled into a book called Forging a Man, a collection of true tales and the lessons wrought from them. The ebook will be available exclusively on Amazon, but the print version of the book, which will become available on April 28, 2017, will be available on Amazon, CreateSpace, and available for order wherever fine books are sold. To make it easy for you, there are links posted in the show notes of this episode. Oh, and please leave a review for the book after you read it. It really helps a lot. Thank you. Now, back to our regularly scheduled programming. Wow, thank you for that introduction. Welcome back to Being a Better Man. Today, we're going to talk about rites of passage. You don't hear that term too much nowadays, rites of passage, but all through humanity, it's been a pretty big deal. And it's still going on in some cultures. Rites of passage, particularly for males, uh, sometimes could be very brutal. Sometimes they were symbolic, but always they were important. One of the problems, I think, is going on in our current world that we live in is an absence of rites of passage. Boys are kind of just drifting into adulthood with no defining event or ritual. You know, uh, Jewish people have bar mitzvah at the age of 13 for the, for the young boys where they are now regarded as men. And it's a pretty big deal. And it uh, changes the consciousness of the person going through it. I watched a program about uh, it's going on right now at a certain age. I think it was seven or eight these young boys in this tribe in Africa are sequestered, and then they are circumcised with no anesthesia. Now, that's a pretty heavy-duty rite of passage there. I'm not an advocate of that necessarily, but it works for that culture. In our culture here now in America, we don't really have rites of passage for young men to, you know, I guess you could say, well, when you're 16, you can get your driver's license. That's kind of, sort of, a rite of passage, but it it doesn't really carry the same weight, in my opinion. Now, for me, personally, I kind of created my own rite of passage uh, without really knowing it at the time. I wanted to be a boxer. I read a biography of Rocky Marciano in seventh grade and decided... I was going to be a boxer. Well, we lived out in the country. 
we didn't have any boxing gyms or anything, so I just hung a gunny sack from the apple tree and put my mom's gardening gloves on and went out and just beat on it for hours, not knowing what I'm doing, reading some books. But that wasn't the rite of passage, even though I, I did it really religiously, doing the best I could. Eventually, my parents found someone to train me, and that was uh, pretty amazing. I hooked up with him. He was a old boxer from New York. He was just like Mick on Rocky, just almost identical to the way he acted and everything. Really old school. And he took me up to Fort Lewis on my first day. Keep in mind, I don't know anything. All I know is I want to be a boxer. So he takes me up to Fort Lewis. It's an army base. Takes me to the gym there. And he go. we go in there and he has me jump some rope and warm up a little bit. And then I get in the ring. And next thing you know, he's wrapping my hands and putting gloves on me and headgear. And out walks this guy. He's just a massive guy walks out. He's like 250 pounds. And he's a grown man. He's probably, you know, 28. And I'm uh, like 13, 13 or 14. And he tells me, yeah, you're going to fight this guy. And, you know, my first instinct was to uh, run, run away screaming. But I wanted to be a boxer. So I stood there. The bell rung without any training, mind you. And I proceeded to just get my head beat in for the next three rounds. I didn't hit the guy one time. And he was just hitting me at will. And I was covered with blood. My nose was bleeding. I had a cut. And I I was crying. But nobody could tell because there was so much blood on my face. Thankfully, nobody could tell I was crying um, just from frustration. And I thought for a minute that, that I might die. I mean, I was exhausted, and this guy was, he kept coming at me, hitting me. I couldn't defend myself. I could have just laid down and quit or ran out of the ring, but I didn't. I kept, I kept trying, and I really thought I might die. I had that feeling like, you know, this could be it. I might die here. And after the third round, my trainer came over quickly and uh, started taking stuff off of me and taking care of me. And he seemed surprised that I was still there. He told me that I did really good, that before he wasted his time training me, he wanted to see what kind of guy I was, if I would quit or not. And since I didn't quit, he agreed to train me. And so for the next six months, I didn't do any sparring at all. We just learned technique and stuff like that before I got back in the ring. His intention wasn't to hurt me. He just wanted to put me through some fire and test my mettle. And luckily, I um, I did all right with that. But for me, that was a huge rite of passage because I got to become aware of a certain part of me that otherwise I would have never known. You don't know how you'll react in a certain situation like that until you go through it. And going through it 
gives you a measure of confidence that uh, changes you because now you know yourself a little more completely. So I went on to be a boxer, and many times <laughs> after that, I I went through similar situations where, you know, I got to know myself on a little better level because of boxing, because it's just you, that other guy, and you can quit whenever you want to. But anyway, that's that's my story of, of one of my rites of passage, but it it made me a better a better person ultimately a better man in my opinion but nowadays back to our current culture boys young men i've had occasion to work with a few young men and in talking to them nothing has really ever happened in their life that they've gotten a chance to know that extra part of their self so they don't know what they are they don't know their self very well talk to a couple guys they've never even been in a fight their whole life i guess a lot of guys now in their in their mid to early 20s got there by never ever being in a fight their whole life because our school systems have made it such a taboo and everything ah I don't agree with that. I mean, I got in a lot of fights in in school, but they, you know, then afterwards they're your best friend, and it's just part of life. It's part of who we are as human beings. It's kind of how we were created. So to take that away, take it out of the equation, I don't think it's entirely good. I understand nowadays it's a little different. You know, people have guns, and, you know, a fight could wind up with somebody dying, and that's no good. But just to... Just a good, healthy scrap in the schoolyard. I, I don't see anything wrong with it. You know, I know there's a lot of opponents to that school of thought that think you're advocating violence. But really, we're just being human and getting to know ourselves as future men when things like that happen. So where does that leave us? Well, just like I inadvertently found a rite of passage that suited me. If you're a young man listening to me right now who can't think of any sort of rite of passage or perhaps you're a father and you have a a son coming up and you had never considered, you know, what will his rite of passage into manhood be? No, there's some guys who take their kids at a certain age on a big hunting or camping trip out in the woods for like a week. You know, that could be a rite of passage. Or, you know, charter a boat, go out in the ocean and, you know, fish for something big. Or you can make up your own rite of passage for yourself, for your children. Even uh, a group of friends could get together and say, you know, what are we? Are we are we men? I've heard young men ask this question, like, I don't know if I'm a man or not. Am I a boy? Am I a man? What am I? I think there's a lot of young guys in that boat if they're honest. Of course, if you just ask them straight out, they'll say, oh, I'm a man. But you can tell they don't say it. It's different than me saying I'm a man. I'm a man. If there's any hesitation or wonder in their voice, they may be a man, but they don't feel like one. So what to do about it? Start thinking about rites of passage. What could you do? What can you do for yourself? What can you come up with? 
And I would love, I would love to hear what some of you guys come up with for rites of passage. What kind of uh, creative things you uh, you invent in our modern times? Because that'll be important for other people to see and give them ideas. Because it really is important in in the northern tradition, meaning. Uh, see, I'm Norwegian, so from the my ancestors, uh, some of them did something called sitting out, utasitya. And they would go just out in the woods by themselves. And they would, uh, sometimes on a, a grave mound of another ancestor, sometimes not, but they would go and sit. Sometimes they might have a, you know, a hallucinogenic um, aid with them, sometimes not. But it would just be them, a blanket, a knife in a little fire, and they would just sit there and just sit there and meditate, and they would see visions. You know, Native American tribes had vision quests where young men would go out and not come back until they had their vision, and then they'd get their adult name. Yeah, it's 2015, but we're the same creature we were 5,000 years ago, so we can't ignore that part of ourselves. So I will be interested to see what kinds of rites of passage you guys come up with or go to the website at www.beingabettermanpodcast.com and just tell your rite of passage story because I love those stories. If there's some good ones and you want to come on the show and be a guest, you can come on the show and tell it yourself because this is something that we as males of every ethnic persuasion, every religious persuasion, something we all have in common is the need for a rite of passage. I might even have a rite of passage contest. It's like whoever sends in the coolest rite of passage will get like a free mug or something. I'll come up with a with a present. But something to think about. So... That's about it for today. I can't wait to uh, see what you guys say about it. Think about rites of passage and what that means as a man. Now go out there into the world and be a better man. Be a better man than you were yesterday. Whatever little thing you can find, do that. Be a better man today than you were yesterday. Thanks a lot. This is Alf Herrick said signing out. Until next time.